Hello and welcome to the Marketing Mashup Podcast. This podcast is where we bring you the most interesting perspectives on marketing from some of the best minds in the industry. In this series, we've got agency directors, startup founders, and some of the people who are away in these trenches delivering the marketing campaigns. We might also grab some perspectives from people outside of the marketing, so let's mash it up. I'm here with Matt Webster. Matt Webster is the CEO and Chief Collaborator at MWW. He's a creative sales and marketing professional, originally from Sheffield, but now living in love, London and Rio de Janeiro. Matt helps companies and brands of all sizes tell their stories and achieve their long-term missions via digital and social media strategy, creative process and business development. Good to see you. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, it was a, a long-winded but awesome intro. Thanks for that. It's almost as if you were reading it straight off my site, but I don't know. It's, no, it's no, amazing I... how you memorise stuff about me <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, you, it, it may well be on your site. Uh, Matt, yes. I'd love to start off by letting the audience know a little bit more about you. Tell me where you started in marketing and how you're at where you are now. Uh, okay, um, so I started off, I, I studied pharmacology at uni, Leeds Uni, go Leeds, I um, haven't been back for a while, but that was an awesome experience, and then um, I came down to uh, Big Bad London, and before I did that, I worked in the pharmaceutical industry for, so it made sense, pharmacology, pharmaceutical industry, but working, I tried the lab, wasn't much fun, so I went into sales, so I worked in, in sales uh, as a sales rep or a drug rep, as they're, they're sometimes called. Um, I did that for a, a number of companies in the corporate world, some pretty big pharmaceutical companies, which were, looking back, quite big and scary when you're, like, in your 20s. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was a good experience. And um, I always kind of, when we used to go to these, we used to get taken to a lot of conferences. Um, and um, that's when the pharmaceutical industry was allowed to be lavish with its money back in the... Uh, early, well, late 90s, early 2000s. So um, we used to go to these conferences, and we're talking like 4,000 people in a conference. And I got, to, I got taken to Sun City. I'd never heard of Sun City in South Africa on my first job working for this job. Really? Yeah. How old were you then? Uh, I was working, I was probably 21, 22. 21, 20, you got to South Africa. Yes. Sun City, a place you've never heard of. No, never heard of it. It's a weird place if you've ever been there. Um, it's basically the only city in South Africa where you're allowed to gamble. And it's a bit like a, a strange Walt Disney World fake Jurassic Park. There's like a fake massive wave machine. There's You can walk around. The hotel we were staying at was within the complex. It's all a big contained kind of strange place. Anyway, these huge conferences, and like this one that I went with, um, Takeda Pharmaceuticals, which is... Which is I think one of it was the biggest Japanese pharmaceutical company at the time. I go to these conferences. There'd be the sales guys. There'd be mainly the sales and marketing teams that would dominate, and what we'd be talking about, what's coming up next, what what drug have we invented, and you know there'd be a big. It was marketing's time to kind of show off these big presentations. This new drug is coming. Cue like house music and all sorts. honestly <laughs> just for drugs yeah i went to i went when i was in uh sun city i think they launched a, di- a diabetes drug 
shouldn't laugh when I'm saying diabetes, but it's just weird to think about about this this marketing launch. <clears throat> they launched it internal comms wise, and we were in a plenary session of about 750 people all in one room, and house music comes on, and the main kind of research like doctor kind of starts kind of half dancing, half walking down the middle, comes up and shows this huge. CGI presentation of um, this new diabetes drug. So I kind of got in touch with marketing in the pharmaceutical world and started working more with the marketing departments. And although I did well in sales and eventually kind of pushed myself to become a top performer in sales, which you know is, is something that you, as a, when you're in your 20s, you want to succeed, you want ambition, you want to move on, so you've got to do well, especially in the corporate world. Um, although I did well in sales, I was always looking and kind of having meetings and I was asked to come into marketing um, workshops and stuff. Um, and so in my last role, I did a little bit um, of work in the marketing side of things. But then I got asked to move um, to London and uh, join. It was a, a, it was a PR um, company, really. Which had, um, uh, it was a broadcast media agency called EMR which no longer exists. How it, did you go from doing the pharmaceutical stuff to this comms agency? Well, it was because I'd, um, I had a friend who was at the comms agency and he was kind of always kind of asking me, thought it was hilarious that I was um, a drug rep, that I was kind of like <laughs> doing really well uh, working for, at the time I was working for a company called Wyeth, which is now part of Pfizer. And he just thought it was quite amusing that I was just working in this world. And when he, he would always ask me about it, he was interested in, in what I was doing because he's a sales guy as well. And then he asked me to come down and have a, an interview with his boss. Um, and I had an interview with his uh, strange and colourful genius boss. And, and they offered me a, a job there and then, which I wasn't expecting. I was just going there to look around and see. So then I kind of had this moment where I'm like, shit, um, wasn't really expecting to be offered this. So I was just coming down to have a look to see what this world was like. And my job was to, it was my official title was associate director. But really I was just... Associate director. Yeah, but really what it meant was I was um, frontline sales guy um, working on the sales floor, just winning new business, uh, cold calling, and then managing the new business that you won right the way through. And it was either... um, Editor, promotional editorial PR in print or it was radio interviews how old were you at this point uh, um, actually I was 30 30 yes I was 30 so that was your first sort of taste of the marketing comms PR yeah. world mm. wow mm. and I, I started just kind of hunting down and talking to and then getting coverage and exposure for pharmaceutical companies healthcare companies medical device companies and then it moved into kind of like vitamins and minerals and, and then it moved into everything. I think I remember the first client that I won that was outside of healthcare and realized actually I could probably just go and win clients and get them um, editorial coverage no matter who they are. I think it was um, an underwear brand called Sloggy, <laughs> who were part of Triumph Underwear and their offices are just around the corner of Carnaby Street. Oh no, yeah, just near Carnaby Street still there so I did this campaign called don't forget your sloggy with them and got invited to the launch Linford Christie was there it was quite hilarious so that was when I realized oh I can do this but not doesn't have to be for pharmaceutical companies and then I started doing 
Did, did you have a mentor at all in the marketing world or were you just no. out there fending for yourself? Just It was just kind of like hard-ass kind of uh, sales where you had to you know, go out there, be interesting, be curious, m- build relationships quickly and then, come up, and then you'd come up with the creative, you'd come up with the hook um, and the angle back then to, to get stuff out there. Uh, and then there was a team of people that would then be the the media placement people who would then place it out. Uh, it was an interesting experience, yeah. So I I did that for a year, which is a really intense like year. And at that point, you um, you didn't have the the internet and social media how it was today, uh, with with the opportunities we have to find information and learn and follow different people. At this point, you you were just how did you? discover how to do your job essentially um so it's quite interesting in that the this company that i was working for we would it was built on um regional newspaper press coverage with occasional national newspaper coverage in which everybody would jump up and down and throw their lunch at each other and have uh, have drinks and get pissed that was amazing to get national coverage um and then there was um the radio interview coverage where we would sometimes get national coverage as well but um what changed was um when we we realized and i realized that we could start getting coverage um for so you could get it in say the sheffield star which is my hometown so the sheffield star still does a quite a huge i don't know what it is anymore but quite a big readership online because a lot of people they go and check to see what the, the two main clubs are doing and they they read the sheffield star online so we realized that as well as getting coverage in the Sheffield Star, we would just, in the actual paper, would say, well, can you put this coverage on your website as well? And then just copy and paste it, just go on the website. Then we'd charge the client for the website as well. Um, so this was when we first started realizing, actually, we, need, we can charge. There's a, you know, there's, there's, there's a business uh, element to, to getting coverage on, online as well. Um, so, so, yeah, it started evolving just by looking, it's just by looking for opportunities in ways... Just being entrepreneurial and having commercial acumen and going, hang on, the, the client um, has paid and is happy to have that coverage in that particular newspaper. But they've also, we've also got it on the website. And there's actually shed loads more people um, of unique users going to the website than the actual printed thing now. So we should charge the client for that as well. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's how it, it – there was no one – Really, there was no guru or kind of master chef that was at the helm that was kind of like, hey, let's do this. This is new. It was just kind of every man for himself, which was kind of cool. Crazy. Like yeah. It was crazy as yeah. well. What did you do? What did you do after that? So then, then left after a year and set up, um, uh, co-founded an agency with two of the people that were at that previous um, broadcast um, PR company. And... We we set up in 2008, November 2008. How old were you at this point? Uh, okay, so I was yeah, I was still th- I was 30, nearly 31. We um, we set up we set up this agency and basically copied our previous agency's business model, and then started you know 2000. So we got Facebook came out 2007. Um, that's when people were still putting is having lunch <laughs> has just seen a shooting star yeah i get you I get is you, wrecked you. with his mates you remember when those, uh-huh. those statuses were just that it was just that's what people put have you ever looked no through, images oh have you have you ever looked through um through your twitter archive where you can look back 
My Twitter archive. You can look back at the people you followed about... Oh, my God. Ten years ago, and you can see what they've been tweeting, and it's like a whole different world. If you think about now, Twitter, it's just loads of content, and it's saturated with brands trying to be funny. And You've got to be funny on Twitter, haven't you? Otherwise, you just disappear. Yeah, it's but gonna... it's literally like, I'm having a coffee. <laughs> just been to the loo. Yeah, and it started off just ripping off the old model to be honest um and we brought clients over because we needed to make money and be afloat quickly did really well actually made a profit in our first year um and what were you selling at this point oh we, we were doing we were selling um promotional editorial coverage um online in uh social um and on print and we also were doing radio radio interviews and how are you getting most of your clients in 2008 phone really yeah wow yeah did you, did you know these people how, no. how are you finding them just well where did you find their numbers to call them was it um f- would f- that would be part of the the hunt is finding the numbers finding their name um linkedin wasn't really a big thing there i don't think it was around there did linkedin come along around 2010 or something like that Not sure um but i don't think it was around uh 2008 we certainly weren't using it properly if, if it was and um yeah, it was just about cold calling. It was just about having an idea and something to talk about, not just, hello, hi, can I speak to the marketing manager, please? Hi, I'm Matt. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I've got this agency, and uh, do you want to be, like, in, in, in the press and your brand can get your key messages to people? Right, so, okay, so, so tell me what you did in 2008. You're calling me now. I remember one cold call that I did, which was quite cool, uh, which is where I was... I decided that we hadn't got enough food brands. So food brands were just like the bogey industry. That's gross to say about food, isn't it? No, they were the, they were the industry we just couldn't capture back in the day. We were working with Panasonic. We were working with Colgate. Um, we were working with uh, Palmer's, who are a big um, hair care, skincare brand. Uh, we were working with L'Oreal. And, um, but we weren't working with any food brands, and we find it really t- difficult. So I went... And I was looking and I was just looking at different food brands and I was researching them on YouTube. And I came across one Italian food brand and had a look and thought, right, I've got the, I've got the number. I know where they're based. And uh, what, I, what I then did is looking on the YouTube, they had all this, they'd done some content and it was um, online recipes. Uh, and they're a pesto brand. And um, the content was amazing for the time. Mm. You know, it was shot really well. It was edited really well. The length of the videos were right. You know, they'd put some money in making these recipes. Um, and they'd done a series of them, and I liked them. They had no views, zero views. And they'd been on there for about six months. So I just thought, right, I'll call them up. I'll tell them that, you know, um, we'd like, we know, I've, seen you, I've seen your videos, and they deserve more views. So it's kind of like saying... Love your videos. Just looked at them. They're awesome. Well done. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, glad you like the videos. I think they deserve a few more views than, like, three, don't you think? I've been up there for six <laughs> months. You know what? I'm so glad you said that. Yes, they do. Um, what have you done in, in order to get these? Uh, have you done anything with the, these videos to kind of get people to, to get eyeballs on them? Oh, we just put them on YouTube. So you just put them on YouTube. Mm. That was it. They didn't do anything around pushing people to watch the videos on YouTube hadn't even done a YouTube TrueView. They hadn't even promoted it in a, a newsletter or anything. So I said, 
I've, I've worked for this um, agency. We're quite small and agile. Um, and then the, a, a little cheesy sales tactic would be to look at where their head office is, find another uh, company that's nearby and go, oh, well, I'm seeing, um, you know, I'm meeting LG uh, just down the road from you uh, on this date. I like that. That's, that's so uh, it may as well just, it'd be okay if I just popped in because I'm, I'm just down the road at LG down at, so, down at Red Hill, for example, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'm free that day. Oh, co- okay, cool, come in, and I'll just chat through, you know, what, what you're up to, and I can give you some ideas about what we can do with these videos. From there, once you've got the face-to-face human meeting, you know, you're one step closer, uh, and then eventually I went into the most ridiculous pitch process with this particular brand ever. Uh, it was like a five-way pitch where each, each agency had to pitch. Uh, present, um, PowerPoint was banned, PowerPoint wasn't allowed. I think I think that should be a rule. It was like, hilarious. Even these days, ban PowerPoint. So there was zero PowerPoint that wasn't allowed. And but the weird thing about it was there were, I think at least five agencies, and there were some big ones in there. And you all had a certain amount of time to pitch in front of the other agencies. No yes, way. Yes, yes, and the marketing uh, team of this brand, which was fairly ridiculous looking back at it. But yeah, we won that. Um, but that was just kind of that was by having really good ideas. Yeah. That is one, a great idea for a TV show. And two, oh, come it's on. Carnage. It's carnage. I, I, it's I, cringe. I, th- I think that should be more of a regular thing. Can you imagine it? Five agents. Consider it, Consider how you five agents. I can imagine the music that, that they use, like, do that, like that, the whole heartbeat thing and like the, the apprentice stuff. Exactly. But you, you, can, you can imagine the, the politics, Five the tactics agencies. people would start using, and then um, oh, it, I, th- I think it's a great idea. One and, client, and <laughs> one room, five pitches. And there we go. I'm going to cut that out and create the... Is that the trailer? Uh, what's it called then? Pitch off? Pitch off. Pitch off. Come on. Pitch off. Pitch off. I like it. Would the normal, normal, would normal people, <laughs> would normal people watch that? I, I think anyone who is in media or agency land Yeah, they'd watch it. it. Yeah, but what, that's why I'm saying, would normal people watch that? But, well, ah, but would no, normal people watch um, Mad Men, so... Would normal people watch Dragon's Den? That, yeah, that's yeah, quite a niche Den's, thing, isn't it? Yeah, but Dragon's Den's not a particular industry going in there. That's kind of like cringe your face off with people selling anything from you know robotic socks to you know i i think pitch off could work i i'm i'm all for it but i i definitely think it should be a rule that powerpoint should be banned from pitches that just means you're so much more creative can are you not on board with this no powerpoint pitching i can see yeah i can see yeah at the time it was annoying but yeah you know so everyone gets bored by PowerPoint, death exactly. by PowerPoint. I, you know, I spend a uh, lot of time on PowerPoint. That's peak. why I've still got this PC. <laughs> Tell me, how did you pitch? It was did you did you bring in cards? What what did you do? What was your tactic? Yeah. Oh, great. Thanks. Um, okay. So there was um, there was a mega mega dog, huge huge agency in there. Um, in fact, there was two really big ones, and they kind of got it printed out on these kind of foam boards yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so there was one person holding and the other person and then they kind of dropped the card um but they put they'd spent money and printed it out i <laughs> i basically did a powerpoint and printed <laughs> no and then printed it out onto paper had what and then put a staple in the corner for me on my desk and then i got the marketing manager to stand up 
and hold my printed out pieces of A4 paper that were basically printed from PowerPoint, and she held them. And so she was my she was my screen basically wow I yeah was and i still i still better. won the business so how did you win that with with these these bigger agencies with their printed out phone calls? well it was just a, it was all a bit of a crazy kind of process and it was really for a brand activation for for a particular campaign um and it yeah i mean it, there, there was no strategy behind it they weren't really asking for an overarching strategy or a way to kind of um own a particular territory on 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 social it was based on their um it was for their for their facebook um channel but it was just kind of like come on show us what you got show me what you got <laughs> is that the right voice <laughs> no, hang on show me what you got have you, are you a rick and morty fan no that that's, that was that went down like a lead balloon it's not really gonna work out then Somebody listening to this knows what I'm talking about because they, they would have kind of giggled at that. I, I, I wouldn't I have agreed to this if I'd known you weren't a Rick and Morty fan. <laughs> do you even know what Rick and Morty is? I do. Well, no. <sighs> okay. I, my sister shows me the t-shirts and stuff. Your and sister? How yeah. old is she? Yeah, 17. That's embarrassing. Uh, That's bad. Okay. I was going to get you to write it down, but your young teenage sister already watches it. So anyway, show me what you got. It was just a, <laughs> it was just a kind of... A, it was just kind of a, a bun fight of ideas. of like, mm. work with us, we're creative, we're fun, here's some ideas. Um, and I'm not sure how often that, that happens in pitches now, but it wasn't many, many years ago. It was fun. It was fun to win it. And we did the campaign and it went well and it increased sales. And for every pound spent on the campaign, they had two pounds back in product. Always good. Um, they, you know, there was on-packet, uh, on, on, on-shelf promotion they changed the labels it was all all great um but the experience was yeah bizarre but i think those sales techniques you mentioned on the call can still be applied today you've gone in you've seen a brand which are doing good things and you suggest a way to to improve it that 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 is basic stuff that people should be implementing that if i'm going to be honest i don't always do no i mean there's not that i mean i don't do as many cold calls now as I think oh, I can't remember the last time I did one I don't mm. I don't really do them anymore but um, back when we had to um, get money through the door um, to keep the lights on and to pay people's wages it was you know and that's the culture that, that um, me and my previous uh, business partners came from it was a go get you know attitude it was a why not attitude why not call up uh, a brand and say hey look I've got an idea I think you're cool can we meet why not What's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is that they won't, you know, they won't respond, they won't take your call or, or whatever. But, you know, you still, you still need the human-to-human mm-hmm. contact for any new business to happen. It's very difficult to do new business if you've never met the person. It's possible, I've done it, but um, you really need to, to meet the person. I, I even think that nowadays, um, even when sales guys are emailing or calling warmer leads, leads that actually know about... Um, the agency of the business um it will still be very dry very n- not human it'll be hi i've seen you've downloaded this Ca- well, can we help can we meet and that just doesn't work it's not human in my eyes and people have become immune to it they, they just ignore it what's quite good there is you mentioned being human and it just triggered a memory for me so um we might we might get onto this later if we've got time 
Um, but one of the things that I, one of the first videos that I did on LinkedIn was for, I decided I was going to do this f series or video franchise called Walk in the Park. I would go in a park, I would walk around the park and I would give a bit, uh, one minute I would give a bit of advice. And the first one that I did was about cold calling uh, and about saying that from my experience, when you call, when you call up and say, so we're drinking Peronis right now. Um, if I was going to um, call up Peroni and speak to the brand manager and manage to get through to the brand manager, he's going to be like, hello, because he's really, or she's really fucking busy. Um, uh, say, oh, yeah, hello, how are you doing? I'm good. And they go, I'm good, how are you? And rather than going, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Anyway, I'm going to sell you some stuff now and I'm really nervous and I'm just going to run through it and it's really dry and boring. Like, how are you? Are you good? And they go, yeah, yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. I actually, I've just eaten a picnic bar that my mate bought me. I've not eaten a picnic bar for years and they're actually tremendously good with a cup of tea so I'm actually feeling pretty upbeat but yeah apart from that and then that catches them off guard I go what is this guy actually talking about a picnic bar why what what the fuck is that about and a lot of the time um they would kind of laugh along with it or it would break the ice and they mm -hmm. would say picnic bar they're disgusting you got to try it. have you ever tried a topic yeah. you're like topics oh, what happened to topics <laughs> and you know I've had conversations with potential new clients about confectionery for half an hour and once you've done that, as a, as a cold call, as a sales call, it sounds ridiculous. But you've built a relationship. And then they're like, right, so actually, what, what were you calling about? All oh, right, sorry, yeah, calling about this. This is where I'm calling from. We're doing this stuff. Really think it's good. Really think it would link up. I'm meeting PepsiCo next week, just down the road from you. Probably good if I popped in and grabbed a coffee. Yeah, all right. Oh, we could probably have a, you know, I'll bring a picnic bar as well. Cheesy, great, funny, all right. So now you're different because you don't have to be about chocolate bars, by the way. Um, it, it can be about anything. Maybe something interesting has happened that yeah. day. Uh, and I think that's a great way to look at things because... You're being uh, human. And I, you, you, you enjoy it a lot more as well, yeah. don't you? Because you're actually having a conversation with someone. When you're going out of your friends, what do you do? You have conversation about different things. <laughs> yeah. So why not do that on sales calls? Because yeah. you enjoy those conversations with your friends. Why not spark a new friendship? I find this with a lot of my clients or potential clients I want to become their friend first before mm -hmm. I try to sell them anything mm -hmm. and if I can build that relationship yeah. and they'll go oh James you, you do video don't you yeah yeah, I do so let's, let's make something happen yeah yeah, you're right it's, it's the human it's the human element and mm. you, you do also it's, with, with new business and then we've just got on to new business now but just naturally but it's always a balancing act of building the relationship and talking about stuff but also bringing stuff to a close and actually getting them to know what you're selling and what you're doing and actually moving the ball forward. Um, because also as well, if you call someone up and talk about a picnic bar for too long, they're going to be like, I hate this guy. Yeah. I've got way too much stuff to do. This guy's talking to me for like 50 minutes about eating a picnic bar. Kill me now. It has to be like short and sharp, but different. Um, so you have to respect their time, but you also have to inject a bit of personality without it. It has to be genuine as well. You mm -hmm. can't make stuff up. 100%. Um, and yeah, and it comes through. Can we have a quick question about, can we have just a quick session on, on Facebook? That's Very quick, say. because we have to get through the background <laughs> of yours. Uh, personal, just personal, just you. Just, um, you know, case study of one. Okay. Do you go on Facebook? No. Do, when was the last time you went on Facebook? I check it whenever my mum 
says, James, I've tagged you something on Facebook. I use Facebook Messenger as well. But use Facebook Messenger. I, I, so you, so you, probably about a year ago was the last time I scrolled through Facebook. Yeah. So when you say you use Facebook Messenger, you actively send out or you reluctantly respond to Facebook people? Respond. That, if, yes, if, exactly. If I'm reaching out to people, it will be on Twitter or... Or WhatsApp. And how old are you at the moment? 21. 21. So I'm 40, right? So I'm a different... You could say I'm a different demographic. Slightly. Yeah, slight, thanks. Um, ask me what I, what I do with Facebook. How, how often do you use Facebook? I never go on Facebook unless my mum says, Oh, Matthew, I took a picture of you and uh, the family do. Can you have a look at it? You haven't liked it yet. Okay. Via a phone. Yeah. And then go on. And then when I'm there, it'll say, um, Mrs. Dudar is, you know, is, it's her birthday today and it's someone I haven't seen for like 30 years. But it's their birthday, so I go, happy birthday. And then it's, oh, and it's someone else's birthday tomorrow. Well, while I'm here, I might as well just happy birthday. While and I'm then here. here's a belated birthday message. So I send birthday messages. I look at the thing that my mum has called me on a... Um, a telephone to tell me about <laughs> and then I leave I don't I just I d- I'm not even I'm just not even tempted to scroll at the news feed anymore it's just full of shit that I'm not interested in whatsoever it's just so much it, it's all m- memes and lad bible and I just don't care about it well that's that's your feed because that's you know your demographic Friends of who you yeah. who follow um yeah, with me, it's yeah, it's people sharing videos of people jumping into puddles and falling off stuff. And there's not a great deal of personal um, content that's native to to Facebook people, that people have just put on there about their personal lives, which is what Facebook want people to do. And when I do see it, it's kind of friends that I haven't seen unless, you know, it was like I, last I, time I, I saw them, I was yeah. 11, and they're posting about their family mm going to the dogs and eating I, I, chips. It's I boring. I keep it um, for if anyone that I know from a while back wants to get hold of me, they, they can do there through Messenger. But, and, but it's and interesting. My mum. Uh, I mean, we're both white males. We're both English. But I would imagine that your interests and your friends and language of you and your friends and, and, and your interests are quite different to mine. We're, we're both not pulled into Facebook we're not being sucked into the void which is what it wants us to do obviously so mm. then it can feed us ads about how to lick your cat or whatever else it wants us to do so it's interesting that, that is interesting that both of us don't use it does that mean that a lot of other people my age and your age don't use it or? well a recent study came out in the US and I think it was Sprout Social I'm not sure um, but it was by a substantial number. It's, this is this year. It's like 4,000 um, U.S. Uh, people aged 18 to 24. And um, 46% of them had de- uh, deleted Facebook off their phone mm-hmm. uh, within the past year. Uh, but Facebook continues to grow globally. So outside of the States, it's still... Facebook's still growing and globally yeah. it's growing. It is, isn't it? But it, that's just one study of 4,000 people, so it doesn't mean that's what everyone's doing. But I don't know, for me personally and you personally, it doesn't seem to be... I don't learn anything from there. I'm not entertained by anything there. So why would I go there apart from to be polite? So we're just going there because it's polite. You're being mm-hmm. polite to your mum. I'm being polite to my mum. 
and then I'm being polite to people saying happy birthday because it might make them feel nice that, you know, oh, look. But that could be similar to me saying to you, do you, do you buy an OK magazine? I've never bought an OK exactly. magazine. Exactly. My mum likes reading these magazines. A lot of people do. Facebook is kind of similar. It's gossip and no, people it, from your friendship group. Yeah, it's true. It's just that I used to... It's for me. It's it's different for me because I never used to regularly buy OK magazine, and then now I've kind of lost, you know, I've lost interest in that's, that. That's okay. very true. But, but OK magazine but, doesn't change all the time, like Facebook. Yeah, but Facebook, I used to be on there a lot, mm. and now, you know, I think for me, it's been the last maybe two or more, yeah. maybe two or three years. So Personally, it's not my place to go to get information. You know, you know what else I deleted very recently, but I haven't deleted it. Oh, I haven't deleted it, but I have deleted two, two other apps. I bet you've deleted Snapchat. Yep, gone. Don't like it. How do you feel? I used to be a huge, huge Snapchat user. Did you? I had about 150 people on there. I'd get about 130 people watch my story. I'd snap everything. This was still like a year, year and a half ago. Did you do a lot of stories? All the stories, like from about 17 till to 1920 do you remember dj khaled i never watched him i'm not really but you know that he got mega from Mm -hmm. snapchat you know that he like would just snapchat he would just snap everything everything he did like even he'd go he'd have a shower and he's not looking Mm -hmm. it's not the most adorable body is it no and he would but he would do he would go in the shower and he would make that into a story it would snap, snap no, I, I used to enjoy it because I would snap everything and then people knew what I was up to it was a conversation point in my 150 friends. people would know what and you then were they like, the engagement was unbelievable it's unlike any social media I've ever had like I'd get 30 people replying to me oh you're here I'm here too let's meet up oh what did you do here how was that and it was really good fun and it was all my friends it was no one I didn't know but when they released the update and it was just after Instagram has tried to absolutely kill them, which they have done now, I firmly believe. But Just when Kylie Jenner came out and just said, this is rubbish, yeah, I hate this update. Exactly that. And it, that smashed, it smashed it to bits, didn't it? My, it my views it. dropped down to about 30 people, and I just I, I wasn't interested anymore. It was just, there's no point in putting out. No one's replying to me. Not really many of my friends are posting. So th- that was gone. That was, I had no problem deleting that. But more recently, I deleted Instagram. What? Deleted Instagram. Don't do that. Instagram's awesome. It, uh, it is, but also a massive time waster. I used to find... My, this This is a recent thing. This is oh, two I months see. ago. You find, you're, you're too addicted. Too addicted. I, and I was thinking there's no reason for me doing this. I'm literally... I'm doing work. I'm doing work. Then I'm yeah. just unlocking my phone and scrolling, double tapping, scrolling, double tapping, scrolling, double tapping. Then I'm posting a story of something and it's just, there's no aim to it. And I like to have focus and being productive and that that's not, it's just so it's stopping you from being productive. It, and I, I don't gain anything from it. And one of the guys I speak to on LinkedIn quite a lot is uh, Gareth Bull. Have you heard of him? No, Gareth Ball. Uh, no. He, he runs an SEO agency. Hi, Gareth Ball. <laughs> if you're listening, um, and he he put a post out about deleting Instagram, and I never thought about it. And I I, re- I made a comment, and I, I said, I'm not in. I'm not interested in deleting Instagram. I'm just. I just like it. I like having it. And he was like, "What do you mean? What do you gain from it? Like, just delete it. Just go." I'm like, "I'd love to delete it, but I just I use it too much." And he goes, "Just just do it." 
don't don't think about it just do it mm. so as soon as i got that message i was like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna delete it and see how i feel right i deleted it it is the best thing i've ever done it saves me so much time i don't feel i miss it at all which is bizarre because i was so reluctant to to delete it because i was so used to just scrolling through Mm. and it's just i remember looking at instagram from an objective point of view um i was in an airport waiting lounge and i was sat um i was quite happy because i got a free cup of coffee and a paper and i was feeling quite smug um and um next to me were a couple and they were sat in two chairs kind of kind of half facing each other just chilling out waiting obviously to get a flight as well and um they're both ignoring each other and looking at their phones and i could see both of their phones and they were both on instagram and the feeds it's just insane when you look at it when you just take a step back so the guy was just you know his feed was pretty much full of dolphins and marine life Okay. He was literally, it was just yeah, like yeah. dolphin, dolphin, <laughs> manatee, manatee, dolphin, whale, whale. So, but he's just constantly scrolling through these sea animals. That's quite strange. And then his missus, who was sat less than a meter away from him, um, was scrolling through uh, pictures of models, yeah, yeah. Wear, handbags, um, shirt. It was all fashion accessories, just one after another, after another, of various poses. And I just thought, that's, this is really odd. This is really odd, especially the guy. It's like, he's got quite an attractive girlfriend sat next to him. We could probably have a chat about it. would be really good to... But instead, he's just scrolling mm-hmm. through aquatics on, on, on Instagram. Really goes, and I, the, the big deal for me is that out for dinner, at the dinner table, I have a rule. You do not have your phone out for dinner with me. Like, we put it in our bags. We do not have it on the table. We do not message, and that's with anyone, whether I'm out on a date or um, or with a friend or with my mum. Even I'm mm-hmm. just like, don't do it. Put your because your mum your mum's buying stuff off Facebook, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, I- yeah, yeah. But it's just we're, we're we're so addicted to it, and that there's no real reason. And I would recommend to anyone, unless you you've got a big personal brand on Instagram or you want to use that as a way to build, just get rid of it um i'm just looking at i was um i wasn't ignoring you whilst uh, whilst you were talking by the way i'm kind of it's audio so yeah well i was looking at my my screen here whilst james was talking about um how he doesn't like people looking at their screens when they're having dinner we're not having dinner so it's, it's fine but it was to find this um which is that um something that i posted on linkedin recently i remember it so snapchat has um recently reported a two percent drop uh in daily users which doesn't sound much, but actually equates to 188 million users. And this is the first time there's been a, a dip in daily users on Snapchat since it, it started. Uh, it started in 2011. So, yeah, so you're part of that. You're just another statistic. You're just part of that yeah. statistic. So, yeah, Snapchat has gone through a few problems and, you know, maybe they're wishing that they sold out to Facebook a while back for exactly. a and couple the, bill, the, you know? The thing is... Facebook have so much resource now. If they want to topple any company they want to, they will do it. They just rinse them by copying them on Instagram anyway. It's kind of a shame when, right, you you see a good product, a good tool, a good app, whatever. It gets released by a small company. They do brilliantly with it. Big company tries to buy them. 
big company is not successful. They want to do it on their own. They mm. want to build their own thing. Yeah. And then, then they absolutely crush them because yeah. they ignored the offer. Example of this, right? I, I don't know how this will go. This is a very recent thing. So I use HubSpot on Wistia. Mm-hmm. The, the, Wistia is a fantastic video platform. They are Yeah, it's excellent. great. They are so, so good. Love it. Love their marketing. Would recommend checking them out. No, I don't know HubSpot, the marketing, but love the product, yeah. HubSpot recently have released HubSpot Video. Okay. And now HubSpot have a huge amount of resource to be able to build yeah. out this product. I don't know how, why there's no collaboration haven't, with Wistia there. Haven't HubSpot been bought out with by Salesforce? No, no, part no, of no, Salesforce? No, no. no? no so, Hub, so they're still against each other? HubSpot are massively trying to go against Salesforce at the moment. All right. Maybe um, I... they're, they're like going all in on their CRM, right, making right. it enterprise level. Uh, at the event I was at last week, um, it, it was all announced. So they, they've announced HubSpot Video, which at first glance doesn't look all that um, bad, but mm. you can see they've got Wistia's product all over. They, they've got embedded... But was there a chance for Wistia to sell to, to HubSpot at some point? I don't know. I don't know, but Wistia recently bought out all their investors, took on £17 million of debt to build their own thing. Now, th- I, I don't know where this will go as an example, but I'm just mm. thinking about how Snapchat, they um, they were offered to be bought by by facebook and then facebook absolutely crushed them yeah with instagram and they really have and they're still crushing it they've got a huge amount of resource they're throwing so much money into instagram and even doing facebook stories now which is you know they've got the platform there and they're just they've got the team and the resource where they can bang out feature after feature after feature they've got this ecosystem yeah they have kind of one vertical video with instagram haven't they you know snapchat was the first to kind of make it all vertical and they kind of Mm. went can we buy you? No. Okay, we're going to copy you and smash it to bits. Yeah. So it is... Damn. That, we've got quite deep here about big companies and how... Oh, okay. How they yeah, take we have. over, but... Um, yeah, we've gone quite quite deep talking about investment and Snapchat. But it was all from just me asking you a personal question <laughs> yeah, about, about Facebook. Um, so the thing is, it doesn't mean that Facebook is still... Facebook is still... A, a, well, it's the biggest and it's still a massive well, platform... For marketing, if you're marketing your product, because there's still a lot of attention, there's a lot of eyeballs on on Facebook. Just for you and me personally, which is interesting because we're both in different um, age groups, um, well, we it, we both feel the same mm. that it's kind of lost our attention. Well, if you think it's not just Facebook, it's WhatsApp and Instagram, which are yeah. two huge. They're, they're growing at a hugely exponential WhatsApp, rate. Yeah, if they can figure out how to monetize that platform, they've started. Oh, they, they have. Started they started doing it to businesses, and yeah, it's just you, that, you, they you know put ads how, in WhatsApp. So I, I think what they're doing is with Messenger, because Messenger and WhatsApp are virtually the same. Except product. I never use Messenger; it's a pain in the ass. I only use it because my my housemates use it. I only use it if someone messages me there, and then I go, "Why? Are you, where? Where did you message me again?" But there, there's now stories and ads within Facebook Messenger, and it makes it horrible. I wonder if I have, have one on now. Within Facebook Messenger? Within Facebook Messenger, there's I don't ads. Use, well, I and don't. also, businesses can contact you. So you see here, I'm just showing Matt my phone now. See, I've got a couple of conversations there. Yeah. And then that's an ad for Facebook business. Yeah. 
So that that can be an ad for anything. There's the Hang stories. On. It just looks like a message. That's hilarious. Can you can you click on the ad? Just click on it. Let's have a look. And then it takes me to a messaging where you can have a chat with a bot. Exactly. Amazing. So that they, they bot chat. Um, companies like HubSpot. When I was at the event, this was actually quite useful. They have a bot where you can like sign up and get notifications, and it's just like you're chatting with someone. So there's potential there, and that is how they monetize mm, it. Okay. Because the but that's Messenger. They've not done that with WhatsApp yet. No, but because WhatsApp is a precious beast. I know. And I, I reckon they're worried that, that because there's so many people using it, because they're so happy with how the product works, there's no ads. Well, WhatsApp just started at a 99, um, 99p a year subscription. People were happy with it. Do you remember Viber as well? I do remember Kind of came at the same time as WhatsApp. Yeah. What's happened to Viber? Nothing. Is it still around? They, they've tried to pivot to video calling and... Have but, they? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So WhatsApp was 99p. Um, actually, Zoom is something that's kind of all over me at the moment as well. So I did this consultation where the guy, my client, was like, it's from the US, and... Hey, Matt, we're going to do... Uh, can we uh, meet up on Zoom? That's awful. Hey, Matt, can we meet up on Zoom? Something like that. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but okay. Sent me a link. I had to very easily set up on Zoom. And it, it was no real different from Skype, to be honest. It was a video com- call conferencing platform. But what's happened then since I've signed up for Zoom uh, is they're all over me like a rash. They're emailing me. They're, you know, they're following me. Their cookies, their pixel is, uh, is is following me and has been doing for a while. So, and and they're even emailing me like, uh, come to our latest webinar to learn out how you can use Zoom uh, more effectively. So, but why, why would I use Zoom when I've got Skype? But why would I use Skype when I've got FaceTime? But you know, why would there, I? Use- there, there's so many different ways. There's meshing within Instagram messenger and whatsapp now and twitter every app you have what happened you to google hangouts i really like google hangouts it still exists it's people great still do it's it. good it's the best way of do- i think google hangouts is really good when you've got like six people and you've all got a chat and you're all in different parts of the mm-hmm. world it's awesome for that um so yeah sorry Vi- uh, sorry no, Viber. No, i'm not going back to viber w- just putting it out j- there. just moving back onto the b2b tools with um Zoom. I love Zoom. You love Zoom? I love Zoom because wow. I've been... What's the difference? I've had a year of using GoToMeeting. I have no idea what that is. Oh, don't. Don't even look at it. <laughs> don't know. Don't, no, uh, you, no, you want to okay. type, no, I will definitely not, not recommend GoToMeeting. Uh, GoToMeeting, okay. So it's similar to Zoom. You like This yes. podcast is sponsored by GoToMeeting. <laughs> uh, go on. You, you get sent a link to, to join a bridge. And you can like dial in. Same thing as Zoom. But it never works. It never works. And we've got like a subscription to it. And then the HubSpot, HubSpot guy sent me a Zoom link. I tried it out. It just worked. It's, okay. It, it just really works. works so much right. When that, I've been given Skype links work. and it just, it, I'm always having a problem. Zoom just works. It just works really well. It's relatively easy just to figure out. Just the product. It does what the others did. It's just doing it well. It's just no fuss. You're right. I do remember having quite a few problems with Skype, actually. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. Oh, don't even. Do, do, do. I, I will only ever use Skype if it was very, very necessary. There's much better ways to do it. It feels a bit old school, people. doesn't it, to use Skype? It, it does. feels like using a, a normal text to someone. It feels like, like I'm back I'm, on I'm, MSN. I'm sending you a text. I'm sending you an MS. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sending you an SMS text. 
it's costing me 1.5p. Why? WhatsApp message me. What are you doing? I exactly. like texting and I like Skype. And that's what Facebook feels a bit like to me as well. It's like, I'm, I'm just going to take this landline call and check my Facebook on my laptop. You know, it just feels old. It's Agreed. Me. Yeah, right, I'm good. Just, I'm, so I'm old, but Facebook's old and you're not old. I'm not old Conclusion. also don't use Facebook. I prefer my conclusion. So Matt, we've, um, we've deviated slightly from, from our topic <laughs> of where you were in 2008. Um, uh, 2008. media bounty. Yes. Pause a sec. Um, Do you want to do a part two? Wrap it up here and yeah, we'll do um, we'll do a part two. It's it's actually more fun for people to listen to us and our opinions Mm. because when it was you asking me questions, I just go off on like like oh I did this and when we did that and then I did some pharmaceutical stuff and then we we, you know you didn't really get to talk much and and it's quite and also I find it quite boring talking about myself. Right, guys, we're going to wrap up the podcast here. Um, uh, thank you very much for Matt for joining me. We're going to actually, James. Inv- sorry, thank you, James. No worries. We're going to invite Matt back on the podcast to talk a little bit more about his LinkedIn personal brand, um, being creative, because Matt has a lot of knowledge that I think will be great to share with everyone. We've had a good chat today about social media, newbies, uh, the pitch off our new TV series will be launching shortly. Yeah. Um, and, and a little bit about Matt. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank you, James. Awesome to be here. And uh, yeah, look forward to the next one. I'll be listening to your other podcast as well. So thanks. Fantastic. Tune in for the next one. Speak to you soon.